Welcome to the Life in the Stocks podcast, ladies and gentlemen. My name's Matt Stocks. I'm the host, and the show features unedited, in-depth, candid conversations with a wide range of musicians, actors, comedians, and creatives. If you're not already, be sure to subscribe to Life in the Stocks on your favorite podcast platform. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and indeed all major podcast platforms. Be sure to give me a follow on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok as well, at MattStocksDJ. That way you can keep up to date with all of my live Q&A dates, my DJ performances, and of course, who's coming up on the show as well. But without further ado, let's crack on with the show, shall we? Here we go. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. So, squeaking chair. I know, right? Yeah. I've got the crack here. Yeah. And I've, I've wanted to ask you for years. Have you? Who have we got on the cover there, if you can remember? <laughs> oh, well, Jimmy Percy. Yeah. Johnny Rotten, Johnny Lydon. Nice. Is that the astrologist down there? Yeah, Patrick Moore. Sir Patrick Moore. Uh, John Peel. Oh, that's Peel. I thought that might have been Clapton. That's Peel there. No, no, Love Clapton. It. There's no way Eric Clapton would be on our cover. <laughs> that's Simon Draper. From, Did you uh, have to ask permission to have like caricatures? No. Well, no. we didn't ask. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's uh, Simon Draper, who used to be the uh, head of A&R at Virgin Records. Mick Glossop, he's a producer record. This is Manor, who was our roadie at the time and sings on sus is he flipping the bird or has he just got his hand in the air no he's he's actually um he's got an afro so he's, oh, so he's doing the little comb. comb uh malcolm McCall's paul me believe it or not ruffy gary bushel yeah yeah we were talking about him a moment ago actually Derek and clive or pete and dudley moore yeah pete and brilliant moore. that's keith richard with a unlikely suspecting girlfriend rat scabies <laughs> Captain Sensible. Brilliant. This is Rocky, who was Malcolm's wife. Jimi Hendrix. Charlie yep. Watts. Ilpipa, who was our dog. Who's <laughs> Ruffy's dog. And, um, yeah, people think that the others... The others are just sort of characters, as far as I know. Um, this is Diane, who was had to be in there, who was just 
you know, the artist, Gary Bushel, did I say that? That's about it as far as I know. Amazing. I, I don't have a sort of a, a numbered thing of them, but that's the people I know. Because basically, we just said we wanted to have a, a party <laughs> because we liked partying. And, uh, you know, party <laughs> with all our favourite people. And, and John said, yeah, I'll paint that because he was a bit of a great artist and a bit of a forger at times. So um, we just gave him pictures of all the people we wanted on it and he just sort of made up the rest. It's amazing. Piece it's of great. And 40 years, isn't it, next year? Yeah. <laughs> Which is amazing. <laughs> and that's just so strange. That's just so strange. There's a sort of character in him. I don't know who that is in, in the mirror. Yeah, looming, shadily. Yeah. So I think we're going to study this more and more. Um, are you going to do anything? I was chatting to Ruffy and he sort of didn't give me a precise answer, but are you going to do anything on the release front to mark the anniversary? Obviously, you're Well, it's the... a bit tricky because, um, you know, after all these years, Virgin, or whatever that's become, uh, still own it. Right. We didn't earn any money from it, and I'm not going to go off on one about miserable as was the case for so many bands back then right yeah but the only thing i'm slightly sad about is that you know they they released a box set i mean you know it goes this is art really really absolutely the only reason we continue really is because of art and uh, you know people can look from the outside and go all over reform for money and everything but i can guarantee that I make more money as a gardener, really, um, <laughs> which I'm training up now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but but so it's it's a little bit disconcerting sometimes when you know you get when you do get excited about your own music again and what you're doing, and you sort of go, oh yeah, but great, we could do this. We you know we called our label Sasumi Records because basically we looked at Amazon and it was 23 Ruts releases and we've only really made one and a half like originally, and you think, well, who's getting all this money? Who? Yeah, it's bizarre. Probably not isn't much it? money. You look at this, after you've, and then every time we've gone after any sort of contractual thing, because we had a bad contract, it always ends in just being miserable, really, because you can't do anything. You can't get it back. And, you know, it's just sort of ridiculous. So when we when they did the box set, they decided to do the box set. They called us up and said, uh, oh, the guy that was putting it together, who's a nice guy, um, said, um, yeah, look, you know, do you want to get involved in doing some sleeve notes? And we said, well, can we have some records to sell? And they said, well, no, you know, you can have 10% discount off of... Discount? Dis- 10% discount <laughs> off of off of, uh, off of retail. So basically a little bit more, let's sell it into the shops, which is nothing. Yeah. We said, well, why would we get involved then? And um, but actually we did get involved because at that time on the box set, we, put the, we got an advert for the book. We got our website up there. So it's all been part of the master plan. This time we've got new management now. We're the first management since... Um, 1979 yeah and um and booking agent and booking agent and new and engineer and, uh, you mix. know the first thing he did was try and resecure this so we could release it ourselves make a nice i mean everybody's got it really but if we're involved we could have done some things put some stuff so um is there any unheard unreleased uh not really from that not period, really. i mean no. although somebody's dug some out but you know I, th- I think something will come out but we wanted to do it ourselves and you know, not about making money, but just have it and make make. We wanted to make a thousand vinyls, and they just wouldn't give it back to us because they just think because now really the music industry, as you know, it's always been rubbish anyway, but, <laughs> or not rubbish, but yeah, terrible. Yeah. But I mean, they they just really they got someone in re-release department that just goes through and just fine tooth comb. But you know, you're a music fan, and 
Do you go through, every, you know, the, the classic records are the classic records. Do you go through and want another version of that with an, yet another unreleased remix or, 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 or rough mix? It's a bit boring unless we can find something really good. So it is, but I, for I me, it's it, about the packaging. And you yeah, could do yeah. something so special with the packaging of, of yeah. an album like that. I mean, we're, we're like working that. on it. We're working on it, but, but, but we don't have the rights. So, therefore, yeah. the, 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 uh, it becomes a little bit, uh, you know, you think, well, why should I do this? Yeah, no. so they've already said, though, how many do you want? And we've said, well, none, unless you, <laughs> unless you give it to us. Unless, yeah. you know, well, why should we sell it on? Because the thing is, this day and age, music don't sell. But it does sell at the gigs. So we're doing the gigs. So why should we sell their product and not going to give us whatever? It's just pointless. So uh, I really hope none of you guys are bootlegging. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll see. I mean, there is a guy, sort of, uh, he seems to be uh, putting stuff together and he's got a few unreleased tracks. And we'll just try and keep it as, uh, you know, as cool as we can, really, because it, it, there's no point in us. There's no point in us doing anything just for money, really, because. It's just pointless. <laughs> so uh, we we do it and, and try and keep our integrity, and we shall carry on doing it. So and the shows you must be particularly excited about doing and revisiting some of those songs, which I assume you haven't played in no, forty uh, odd years. It, it's a very very weird one. I mean, it's um, I was very dubious about. Well, I never thought we'd be doing this. I mean, I mean, never thought we'd be alive to start. But 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 now here we are, forty years. But as you know, the history we've. We've come back recently. We've made a new Ruts DC album. Uh, I love, uh, by the uh, way. And, well, that's great. It's and, incredible. And, and, and we've moved forward. So we're moving forward. So this is, we're going to do this, but it's like, there's only one way to do it, really, if it's a bridge to the future. We, because we're doing this tour, we've had to take some time off from touring because we haven't stopped touring. Yeah. Or gigging. Because well, so, how you make your money, right? On the road. Well, yeah. And um, and um, and it's fun. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, it's exhausting, but it's also what, it's what you do. Yeah. Um, so and why you do it? Yeah. And why you do it? And I like to think, no, I don't want to do this anymore. But then I just mm-hmm. sort of get on start that stage, to become really like, miserable. Yeah. You <laughs> miss you the think road. You really miss that 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 adrenaline thing and everything. So, but I mean, I think it, as an overall concept, it's it, it, I didn't you know thought we anniversary. I'm not Malcolm Owens. I'm not. We never reformed the Ruts, and we reformed Ruts DC because we're proud of that. But we'll never use the word ruts because Malcolm was a singer in the rut, so this subject's bound to come up. Um, but but I've been doing like five or six of those songs in our set, maybe seven, and so I've got used to it. They, we've made them our own, so now there's the songs we haven't been doing, and mm-hmm. we kind of just thought, well, let's run them through in rehearsal. And of course, we're kind of uh, bigger lads and got a lot more power, and uh, and we've been playing loads. So because remember, the ruts were only really two. Only about one and a half years, two years, really. It was a very short-lived thing. Now here we are, forty years later, and we've been doing this this particular brand of Ruts DC for five, six years at least. And um, so when we played something like Human Punk, yes, we are going to play it. Uh, it's a song that, well, particularly Ruffy never really wanted to play, but listen to it, and then we we just banged into it in rehearsal. <laughs> And it sounded amazing, you know. I can't comment on the vocals, of course, but but the band sounded really good. What um, kind of memories know, come back? What's that? What kind of memories come back? When oh, you you, 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 I, I, you can't believe it, really. It's just main, mostly fond ones, you know, yeah. mostly fond ones. Because I think we we gave it a long enough time to assimilate the grief and everything of what happened. 
And that's a major thing in your life, really. This RUTCC thing, I think, uh, the last five years has actually been very uh, therapeutic, cathartic, is it? Yeah. cathartic yeah. To, um, and, and brilliant because one of the reasons is because, as I always say on stage, you know, the Malcolm and Paul are always there in some form. You can't, I'm not talking about spiritually or anything else, but in my memory, in Ruffy's men, because I'm singing some of Malcolm's lyrics, and you, you can't help but think about him. You can't help think about Paul Fox. So, um, in a way, it's kept them alive in my heart, which is really brilliant because because we just, you know, sometimes me and Ruffy will be in tears of laughter telling stories about them two guys and, and, and experiences that we had, which is fantastic because, uh, you know, what would have happened if I'd have just hung up the guns, as it were, and just gone, well, that was it. And... Uh, never done any rap songs again. I don't think me and Ruffy would have, we're, we're friends anyway, but yeah. uh, and we've played with many people, but being out and playing those songs, the intensity of it, of the songs, is um, all part of that. Uh, of that. The, the, the ruts were great fun, but very intense on stage and very, you know, but a laugh, like, I mean, amazing laugh. So I, I, I think that we're trying to do this tour, like the crack tour, with that in mind, and and it's supposed to be a celebration of the album, but also a celebration of of their lives. And I've seen um and their contributions to it. I mean, I've seen bands that go out and do this sort of thing, and sometimes certain members aren't mentioned, or it's like they've died. You know, yeah. Well, actually, more than that, I just said realize what I said there. Like <laughs> they, well, what I mean is like they've died when they actually haven't. Yes. In, in this case, they're both dead. And, yeah, uh, yeah. Got no, it, 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 you know proud of the stuff we did with them. So we're going to try and make it like that. There's going to be people that are going to be upset. There's going to be people that don't think we should be doing it. There's going to be people that think we're not as good as the original band. But people say, oh, this ain't the ruts and everything. I said, well, no, of course it's because it's Ma- cool Malcolm's eternally 26, you know what I mean? Yeah. Unless we forget. Well, that's like the thing like with all those people like Kurt Cobain and, you know, <laughs> yeah. they're always going to be remembered as being at the peak of their power yeah. because that's when they passed away. I guess it's... When I growing up, it was Jimi Hendrix. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, and uh, what a finer example! It's just like, well, and then like, like bringing back to our re-releases. Now, I remember that, and then I heard you know who in the great albums, and then oh, it was some unreleased Jimi Hendrix tracks, and you think, well, we found him under his bed, but he probably never ever wanted them released. No. You know what I mean? So it's it's, it's a bit. I, th- I find that a little bit insulting. Yeah, 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 yeah. But um, but then some of them are good. So he's you know. Probably the stuff he'd throw away would be better than anything I know, right? <laughs> so, yeah. What was your music growing up? What first switched you on to want to be a player? Because assuming um, that you've been doing stuff before punk came around and sort of had that I didn't really, igniting I, 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 influence Rats on. Rats was my first band. You know? Was it so, really? Yeah, and uh, that's down to Ruffy, really, because I... I um, so is he I a couple had, of years older than you? Yes. Yeah. He, he, but he had a record shop, which you probably you know, some people know. Um, so I was really into... I mean, funk. We was didn't have funk. Yeah, <laughs> man. Uh, but my my sister was five years older than me, and she used to play all this uh, Scatterlights, uh, Phoenix City, uh, Prince Buster originals, and we'd have those in the house. So I'd sort of we had a really little stereo radiogram. She used to listen to the Who quite a lot, and a guy across the road from us, who our name was Warwick. Actually, I always remember his name. Um, lent us a couple of Who albums and so I was really quite young so at, at the pop I used to listen to Radio Luxembourg all the time so this is 60s, 70s 
fantastic. I'd have loved to have oh, been man, a DJ on a station great. like that. Yeah. Because they were the guys, were, weren't they, introducing like the well, whole Well, introducing nation, stuff, so. you couldn't even get the, you know, the reception was famously bad. And yeah, yeah, and yeah, out, but yeah. It was all part of it. But I remember, you know, I remember playing football over the park and hearing pictures of Lily when I got in and it, it, it was fantastic. And But then, the, you know, the, the, the music that was just on the radio was fantastic. So let's start there. Everything you'd imagine, Kinks, you know, The Who. I was really, though, a kind of pop... If you, it's just that it was good pop. Yeah, all the I'll pop come then up, was I'm about sensational. The, the two and a half minute, three minute format. Really. Yeah, Motown. Singles, and yeah, and then it, Buddy then, Holly. Then I went Motown, but before that, then Motown. She introduced me to Motown. I said, Motown. The singles were the thing, and I'm still in that mentality really. And then um, <laughs> I started on a certain path, like at the end of school, where people were starting to smoke things. Yeah. Um, I. I, I and I kind of I had to do a crash course, so suddenly I kind of go, oh, Black Sabbath. It was an album, and then I listened to Deep Purple, and I thought, God, you know, there's only three tracks on this side, but I've been listening to British Motown, Chartbusters, Volume 2, and there was like <laughs> 25 boom, tracks, boom. you know, yeah. of short, sweet songs. But I really got into that, uh, Deep Purple and Rock and everything, so it was a bit of a crash course. Um, in, st- in stoner culture. In Stoner, well, I didn't know what culture it was. It was kind of, uh, it was just I felt, you know, I needed to be long. Started growing my hair a bit, which didn't last that long, actually. <laughs> and then, um, but the, the finest thing was I kind of, in the Stoner culture, went around someone's house once and they were playing. So this is, we're now up to 75, 76, and they were playing some dub, you know, Garvey's Ghost, I think it was. And I thought, oh, my God, is it? I'm home. You know, this is... Uh, I can get stoned and yeah, and in. still listen to reggae. I didn't think I was allowed, you know. So that sort of I went back into all that stuff. So whatever music I've listened to, I've always played Prince Buster. I've always played Tamla Motown. So really, that goes right across the board. And so that brings me up to like uh, I got a job. I was working for the post office in. Uh, Post office telephones in uh, St Paul's near, right near St Paul's Cathedral, and um, I used to walk around all the record shops. So there was Harlequin Records in those days, and I was in the funk then. So I'd walk up to Berwick Street Market and I'd get all these advanced copies, the old advanced copies. So all these James Brown singles, Payback and stuff like that. Got into Parliament, uh, Funkadelic and everything like that, and bought Parliament record in Ruffy's record shop, Chocolate City, I think it was. And uh, he had the cheapest imports. I used to walk around in my lunch hour and buy all these records. It's all about record, you know. But, oh, you get this record. Crate and digging. Record. And then, the yeah, yeah, crate digging, yeah. And really got on well with Ruffy and um, buying that. And then I went from there into, he said, have you heard this? And, I, and then I get into sort of jazz, what's it called? Yeah, jazz funk, which was a road that quickly exhausts itself. You know, I went to see a few bands. And I remember just thinking, what is this? Because you're so self-indulgent. So self-indulgent. Yeah. And, and not some really nice bits. connection with the crowd. Uh, no, well, nothing like that. And yeah. then you sort of go, I think I went to see Larry Coriel. I even went to see Brand X with, with Phil Collins was playing drums and sat in there going, what the hell am I doing here? Yeah, yeah, looking around. Because not like... much is spoken to me yet, really. I like Larry Coriel because he had, he used to use an echo trumpet quite a lot. 
and I got into effects and stuff like that through that. And that was really like, uh, I think back to the dub music that I'd been listening to. <laughs> so, yeah. so here we go. And then one day, thank God, I walked in. Ruffy had a beard at that time, and he had a Ramones T-shirt. There's a picture in the book about that. Actually, he's got a remote. He, the Ramones came out, and I walked in one day, and he said, "I said, What's, who's that?" The Ramones, and he went, "Here, listen to this. 1976. Put it on." We both went, "Wow." Which track was it? You remember? It was beat on the brat with the yeah, baseball yeah, bat. It was yeah. a whole album now in a shop. Yeah, right. Okay, and in his shop, yeah. I'm sure he's spoken about this, but in his shop, he, you know, they were all quite record collectors, and punk was a dirty word, and mm. and you know you are out there, all these old musicians. They all say they loved it now, but they hated it. Yeah, and uh, they saw it we like an totally affront. embraced that, and uh, uh, and thought this is great. As did Paul Fox, our guitarist, who, who who I hadn't met at that point, but. But he just listened to it and went, he was a great guitarist, but he just went, I love this, you know. Because it was like Pretty Things, and it was like it was like some of those bands, even Auckland, you know. So, so the bands we liked were kind of quite rebel and quite rough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. More biker bands, really, than, than prog rock, you know. Like, yes, I just couldn't. I, just thought, <laughs> what? I remember listening to one Yes album and sort of miming to the keyboard parts and then thinking, again... <laughs> What, what am I doing? doing? <laughs> okay, I mean, there's a lot of that. Yeah. But when Ramones came along, we just went, yes. And sort of did that. And then it was just collecting singles and the jazz rock went out the window. And Parliament stayed. The good funk stayed. All the reggae stayed. Yeah. And then luckily, the way it went was, uh, you know, you could go out. And, and then basically the ruts sort of formed and did a few, a few impromptu gigs at a Target in North Holt. Uh, which is now McDonald's on the A40, and uh, Ruffy played bass. I was hang- I was there, and I was sort of hanging around. I was sort of had a long hair, and I was there, at inverted commas, roadie, which basically meant, well, I said I could solder leads, but I, I couldn't really. I, 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 can't- I-, I-, I did, but... <laughs> you were there to bring the vibe. Bring the vibe yeah. and roll some joints. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I suppose we can say that these days, because yeah. everybody smokes, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I do a bit of that. But it, we weren't... We were stoners, but it was always really, really positive. And, uh, yeah, so that was that. That was, um, And then they sort of went, oh, actually, this just sounds really good. They did a little – they did their first demo. I was there for that. And uh, that was on a – that was with Angel, a guy called Angel Nyer, who we still see now, from a uh, black guy from Dominica. And he was producing this in Orange Studios, not far from here, Eddie Kid record called Black Leather and Silver Chrome. And the B-side was uh, Hold Me Closer. And uh, Andrew said, you can sing. You can do the guy vocal because he's not here yet. And so suddenly it was the Ruts playing, you know, on the, or some of them, not all the Ruts. It was Martin, but Paul Fox was definitely playing. I think Ruffy was definitely playing. And um, they were recording that record and they recorded the B-side and I did the guide vocal on it. Amazing. So that was the first time. <laughs> so I've you're never like Booker T and the MGs, I mean, like the studio house band, yeah. Yeah, kind of really weird. <laughs> I think it was a rubbish vocal, but <laughs> um, So uh, as Angel said now, you know, I always knew you had it. <laughs> but I don't think I did. But. Hey, there you go. So uh, that's that story. Um, and uh, yeah, there was no turn. And the next minute they said, look, okay, Ruffy said, look, I, I, you know, we're going to take this seriously. I don't want to be in bass anymore. Um, you know, and the drummer said, oh, I want to get back into my funk. 
So uh, Ruffy said, well, let's get Segs on bass. And so I did an in, uh, sort of, I had to go for an audition, which, in, well, which incurred just like more smoking. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And sort of learning a bass line or two from Paul Fox, who was a great teacher. And that was it. Next minute, we're doing a gig with Wayne County, you know, supporting Wayne County on ATV. And so it was first... Wayne, not Jane at that point. It, it was Wayne, yeah. And he had, he came. What yeah. a wild man. What a great artist. Very strange when you're in a toilet and he comes in for, <laughs> for Waz beside you. you know, it's like he, he'd already had that record, you know, yeah. you don't want to. Uh, fuck you know, off. Fuck off. Yeah. And, um, there he goes, sort of saying, all right, beside me, you know, in the mail toilet. Uh, so what a story. I mean, I I, I was, I, what was I then? I guess I was 20 or 21. So uh, it was like, bloody hell. What an exciting yeah. time. Really exciting ta- time. And um, I kind of blame that gig for, I don't say I've got a drink problem, but <laughs> no, all people drink. But I mean, I didn't know what to do. I was so, so nervous. And someone said, well, have half a Guinness. So Take I had half a Guinness. And, then I had another half of Guinness, and I never looked back. Really, I don't think. I think I've only done one gig sober in my life. Really. Have you? Totally sober. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's uh, because I'd been out drinking with Pete Townsend all night. So I don't know. That'll before. do it. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so I met a lot of uh, like good people along the way. Some idols that uh, kind of didn't let us down, and some people that you thought were cool but actually weren't. You know. Yeah. So, but that, I, I guess we come across like that now. It's forty years. It's sort of weird, isn't it? It's mad. I still like quite... I just found out you did stuff on the Chemical Brothers records. I, I never did. knew that. Well, there you go. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm quite... Uh, uh, yeah. And that's due basically d- down to Steve Dubb, um, Steve Dubb Jones, because he was there. He was um, He was 19. I met him doing this kind of strange hip-hop record because I was working with... I used to do some beats and stuff like that. I always used to embrace, used to do a bit of programming and just whatever you've got studio in your house. In well, Ruffy camp. was talking about Acid House earlier, and I yeah, guess you guys have always embraced those new movements. Totally, because what are you going to do? I mean, it's just about, um, it's just, if you like dancing, then make some dance music, you know what I mean? Yeah. But we never really did it as a sort of to make money, once again. But, um, and you know, inevitably, the two meet again and you start playing live bass on it or guitar or whatever you just do what you do just musicians at the end of the day um and then i met dubby and then he didn't have anywhere to live so he came and he came and stayed in my council place in the spare room that famously his window was broken he was freezing (laughs) and uh again we used to get up in the morning we had these two celestian ditton speakers i think that ruffy had lent us and we used to get up in the morning just listen to i mean he was 19 20 so we used to have all these, we used to put it on the deck and just listen, I play all these um, these singles that I'd got. You'd go, wow, and then we just have music listening sessions, you know, proper old school, really. Do you still do that now? I've just set up, um, I've, I've just, I, I, I ended up in a, a studio flat in uh, Brixton Way. So I didn't have much room and, and I kept getting complaints. So, well, how about the noise? Yeah, not not a lot, but I, I had little, you know, the, the little Bose, um, yeah, you know, Bluetooth, and it was really quiet. It was just too loud for everyone. But I've moved now, um, Wimbledon way, and uh, I've got more room, and I've just dug out my old JBL speakers. I've set them up, set the deck up, 
And yeah, I just I was just off. I was I, like, I was there for about fourteen hours. People were coming around. I think I ended going. up I, I ended up lying on the floor. I just see how it sounds down there about <laughs> three o'clock in the morning, playing your own faves and just sort of getting the speakers right, tweak, tweaking the where they position. Just enjoying it. Nothing beats it for I me. Think, I think I, I think my missus came down and I was face down. <laughs> Asleep. She thought I had a heart Tunes attack. rocking. She thought I was, yeah. She thought I had a heart attack. You know, what a way to go. <laughs> no, but yeah, I hadn't though. I was still alive. <laughs> to tell the tale. So um, yeah, so I'll still do that. I mean, people people don't do that. And I think I posted on Instagram. Look, do yourself a favour. Don't forget. I know everyone listens to earbuds and stuff. I'm a bit deaf, so it doesn't do it for me. I like the bass, you know, and it doesn't yeah. have to be banging. I don't want a car that rattles a high street windows because I find that a little bit, uh, you know, crass. Yes. But, uh, like but people a little bit, music you know, on their good, phones on the good bass, you, you sort of need it because we get it on the stage all the time. But, uh, I mean, a lot of people, you know, you end up listening to stuff on your... Uh, someone sent me um, a YouTube thing of us, us at Rebellion the other day and... All I heard was the vocals being a little bit out of tune, so I turned it off. Yeah. But someone said, no, 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 you've got to listen to it with the bass and everything because, you know, you listen to it, a lot of people do that. You listen to it on your uh, laptop speakers, which is quite a common thing. They sound great, but you're not getting the full spectrum of the sound that you've, you've, uh, the, the, the people making that record have probably put into it. So I Especially think. Especially with a band like you guys. Well, yeah, yeah or, or anything reggae based, you know what I mean? So. I'm slapping myself on the wrist. I'm not slapping anyone else. I'm just saying, <laughs> from time to time, it's worth plugging in, checking a bit of bass. Crank out. up the bass, man. Yeah, crank up the bass. <laughs> Tell me about Jar War. Yeah, what about it? I want to know about that song, what it's about, and the writing uh, of it. Well, the Southall Riots. Um, yeah, Southall. Malcolm used to live in Hayes. Foxy didn't live far away. We used to be over there quite a lot. And we, of course, we were doing, we used to do a few gigs with the band called Misty Roots. Very, yeah, I want to use the word militant, but it's not particularly the right word. It's more roots. That's what they call roots. It's just rebel music. So when you say someone's militant, you, you kind of, you, it conjures up all sitting around plotting to take down the government. But, but what it is, is taking the, down the government by joy and, love and music really that's where we've always Opening been coming from, hearts up from yeah minds. you know in that way and if you can slot a few lyrics in under the beauty of the music that can wake people up a bit of uh, then great still trying to do that now misty used to sort of do that we started off with misty uh just because we knew chris bolton this guy called chris bolton used to be the white manager and clamas baker used to be the black manager so they said that we should do some gigs together malcolm said yeah so we started off like real, like going in the back of a truck with them. And well, we started off just doing gigs, and there'd be a big dressing room. They'd be down one end playing dominoes. We were up the other end with our sort of getting drunk. And then we'd go and play. And then if you had a sort of stock frame of it, you'd sort of see, you know, just be intermingling over the next year. And in the end, we always said they used to, they sort of got more and more into Rastafari, so that, you know, there'd be a big sort of newspaper full of weed that they, we were allowed to. And they may be reading from the Bible before they went on, and we'd be, you know, and some little punkettes that were there dressed in bin, bin liners getting stoned and just giggling, you know. But they didn't mind. They just thought it was all part of it. And we used to sometimes uh, jam at the end, and that's how the reggae thing came about, really. Um, 
which was brilliant. And um, still friends to this day to those that remain, you know. So if it, well, we played with them at Rebellion last year, which was really great. And glad to say they were headlining over us, which was even better, really. You know what I mean? Because I could go to the audience afterwards and yeah, yeah, get the job get, done, get, get the job done. So, um, so there was all that kind of going on. But they had a uh, well. It was rock against racism. That was the overall banner. But it wasn't just about that. They had a raw roots club that they used to run at Dominion in Southall, and they also had a sort of community centre in Southall. Where people could go of all races and creeds and colours and, 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 well, all sexualities, uh, which wasn't really prevalent at the time, all, looking back, all sexualities and also, may I say, certain states of mental health, you know, people forget about all this. It's so just giving somewhere, you can save someone's mental stability by giving them somewhere to go, you know. Famously, there was a, a national front. Um, march there and there was so people the, the more left wing went out and uh, did a demonstration against it it was over that weekend Blair, Blair Peach famously got hit over the head by the SPG which is a special patrol group which was a um, a faction of the police since disbanded for obvious reasons but they, they were kind of thugs really and this is not an anti-police statement but but I think even some policemen would agree that there were certain thug elements that were for rioting and stuff like that. SPG was special patrol. They had certain powers, and sometimes some of them were a little bit overzealous in that. So they got hit, you know, Blair Peach got hit over the head and he died. So there was more demonstrations. And then it, it all kicked off. And, uh, you know, there was agitators, there was this and that. But the, the basic thing was they went in and they smashed up the community centre, which was Mystery Roots' things. Clarence Baker got hit over the head um, and was permanently brain damaged, really. I mean, he, he's still alive. Um, the keyboard player, Vernon, got smashed up and and then arrested for, I think, uh, attacking the police, which basically meant he put his hands over his head, you know, to protect himself. So the sense of injustice was just um, enormous, you know. And Malcolm, so we were just... We used to jam reggae, and Malcolm said, I've got this one called Jar War, and he just sang it like that. And so many of our songs, we used to just love to... We didn't used to go, now, how should this go? There'd be a little jam, and then... getting that vibe. And then, and then he'd just sing over it, and then he'd go, what about a bit of Clarence Baker, no trouble, mate? You know, they were kind of basically jams, and then we honed them down. So that's the story of Jar War. So, yeah, I mean, I don't think anybody got really brought to task from the SPG or anywhere else, but... Uh, uh, some people were permanently damaged by that, you know. Uh, there are some pictures. I think Malcolm went down to the... I wasn't there. We were over South London at the time because me and Ruffy used to live south. But someone dug out some pictures the other day of Paul Fox. There's someone... There's, there's a great picture of, like, some white guy being held on the floor by the police and Paul Fox is kind of pointing and shouting at him. Yeah, you know, because... Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. I've just told us... You know, I've told that story in quite a forgiving tone, if you see what I mean. But I don't really forgive that. It's just, it's just. I, I just think now we just have to carry on trying to educate people to to try and avoid that again. And I think situations are bad, man. You know what I mean? Because one thing that the 
Rock Against Racism movement and everything we did at the time, bringing back to that reggae thing, was you used to be able to go, you used to be able to, there'd be a punk band, there'd be a reggae band, or quite a lot. Talisman, Mr. In Roots, Black Enchanters, Ruts, the Mekons, all these sort of bands. The Clash, obviously, you had a finger in that sort of vibe. And um, the good thing, you might get, well, lesser DJs, but but... More famous now, Don Letts or someone. Of course, playing. yeah. He used to be DJing at those clubs and those those places, and still does really. And and people were playing that. So you hear some reggae, then you hear this really fast punk. And all no rebel really, music, wasn't it? All rebel music. No one really knew what to make of it, especially some of the black bands. But they kind of got it quite quickly because it was. They realised that it was rebel music, and that people were complaining or trying to um, make people aware of uh, situations that were going on. I, I I foolishly believed that it was a one-way journey. That that I, f- I foolishly thought, like you do when you're young, that this was that mankind was um, developing. You know, that it was almost like awakening, awakening, and almost like uh, evolution. Really, yeah. that that this would go on, and that these bands would be together, and that everybody be together, and there won't be any problems anymore. But of course. It quickly gets quashed, you know, because it's not really loud. And unfortunately, uh, and I'm not having a go at anyone, but uh, if communities are white, black, Asian. If you leave, if you don't, if you don't give them something that to unite them, they quickly rush back to their own communities, and it, that's the nature, the nature of humanity. I've realised now as a 62 year old man, and. Thank God I've still got some black friends, Asian friends and stuff like that. And when we do talk about it, because you don't talk about it all the time, but it's a bit of a shame um, that uh, you can't really go out in those clubs anymore. They don't, not for me anyway. I mean, not, not just my age, but it doesn't happen so much. We go and do gigs. There's not many black people there. And the reggae gigs, there's not many white people there. It's just, it's a, I mean, we, we might be there. We'll be fine because, you know, no one's going to trouble us. We're like <laughs> two 60-year-olds in the background, you know, that obviously <laughs> love their music. But, you know, I just don't think we're... we're provo- that you sort feel of like we're segregated. Forgotten. Yeah, a bit... I don't really... On purpose, we're self-segregated in yeah. a way. Because it's quite... You know, there's not so much money about so many other things. You don't have to go out to a club to go and... Uh, to go and listen to music, do you? I mean, everybody's got their iPod, everybody's got that, and everybody's got their own silent disco in their head. Um, all good. And then, and then, of course, a, a, even the, you know, you brought up Acid House earlier. I mean, that that was brought on by by ecstasy, really. Yeah. I'm not saying that's good. I'm just saying, but drugs do all the way through, all the way through the history of music. Drugs have dictated sometimes what's going on. Psychedelia. Blah blah blah. Uh, we, cocaine in the eighties. Cocaine in the eighties, <laughs> uh, and um, you know, banging, banging techno beats, and, yeah. um, <laughs> and uh, weed, of course. And we we always just smoke weed and hashish and stuff like to get you know the best stuff that we could because it was about. And now I think uh, the youth are condemned to smoking skunk, you know, which I don't think is very good. I, I, I personally, I still like a smoke from time to time. And even my black friends, they say, "Yeah, do you want this? And I'd say, what is it? And they go, we know you don't want to smoke the skunk. So, you know what I mean? So I just be careful with kids out there because it's, you know, I know everyone can, thinks they can handle it and everything. But 
it's does, powerful it, it's, shit, isn't it? It's too powerful, you know, and uh, I'm just saying, it's a bit too powerful. It's too powerful for me. You me know? too, it's, dude. And it's like, you do see people, it does can cause some mental illness, and I've seen that happen, and uh, I've seen that with the other stuff as well. But what I'm saying is, it's more of a sitting around, sitting at home sort of stuff, and not so much going out and, and socialising and engaging. Let's have a little The bars have changed, drinks have changed, pints have changed. People don't really go out for a pint in a pub now. Do you know what I mean? It's like beers and you go out and get a, a bottle of Bex that you could probably get for 80 pence down the cash and carry and pay £4.50 for it, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, I, I think it's just changed. I mean, and it's again, a weird I'm not world, blaming anyone. I'm it's just a saying world. it's a change. Yeah. It's a weird world. Even in my lifetime, I'm 32, and even in my lifetime, I've noticed a drastic change in as you say like community-based activity where where i think it definitely still thrives is the north of england and i was up in grimsby recently to do a podcast up there and i did a a chat with the lad from this is england that filmed the the, yeah yeah the little ginger lad he's the main character and everywhere we went i spent the whole day with him everywhere he went everybody knew him not because he's an actor and he's in a famous film but because he's tomo from down the road Yeah, yeah yeah and we went to a fish and chip shop for lunch and we went to a pub for a pint and it felt like that community was so strong and i feel like that when i go on tours to places like say even the bigger cities like manchester or newcastle there's still i think well, more of that we're lucky enough to um to move about yeah and uh by far the place we've toured by far the most is the uk and I still like it. And if I don't do it, I, I kind of miss it because I like to see, uh, I don't want to really talk about Brexit, but I'm just saying when that was all happening, we were on tour with Dead Men Walking, which is the thing we do with Jake Burns, yeah, um, uh, Kirk Brandon, me and Ruffy. And whatever our individual politics are, I would say we're all leaning to definitely towards the left. You know, and, um, you know, songwriters. And you, when you're in Middlesbrough, looking at an audience sitting there, old punks that looking at you and you're sitting there with three acoustic guitars and a sort of like a tambourine, you think they're going to kill you, but actually they come up in tears. And these are some of the toughest people I've ever met, you know, like looking. They love it because you take that song down and but you realise that there's no money. There's, there's always been a north and south divide, and yeah. the money's all. It, it's, it's tough all down south, here now, it? but it's all in the south. So, yeah. I do like to travel, and I do like to talk to those people. And I do again. It all sounds very um, monochrome that you're sitting there. Oh yeah, they got no money. We've got to. It's not like that because I'm just saying we don't even talk about that. We talk about the music, but it's good to see what's going on in those communities. And sometimes you might be in a pub like that, and you think. Right, you know, you might. I've been in a pub in Middlesbrough, and you know, does anyone want to drink and get everyone a drink? And then they don't take cards. It's quite. There's very few down here that don't do that, but you know, because they just they, they're not on that agenda. They're not on this um. This whole thing that we're being sold, you know, that we get sold from the south, you know, this that everything's better. We don't need cash. It's all plastic. Everything we can get everything on credit. You know, it's been going on for years, and you know. Well, I'm totally up for um, modernisation. I'm totally up for technology. I'm t- but let's take everyone with us. You know what I mean? Not well, just the people that can afford it. That's, my friend raised a really interesting point to me the other day, which is that how many people now just don't carry cash? And so the homeless guy in the street who's asking people for change. Well, someone said you can pay him with a... Uh, uh, no, PDQ said machine, yeah, they pull yeah. it out. 
Apparently, I mean, I don't know whether I'm not seeing that yet. But, but that I mean, that will that will happen soon, won't it? It'll probably happen in my lifetime where cash is gone, and then you're like, well, how do we help out these people that we can't give our change to if we don't have any? I have to go back to my mattress <laughs> underneath my <laughs> <Yeah>. mattress. <laughs> but then you know what they do now? You know what they do? Obviously, like phase out the old coins, phase out the old tenors. So yeah. the people that have got all the black market money, you know, have to go and get to it somewhere. Uh, except for the royal family, of course. Yeah, they're on a whole different planet. <laughs> yeah, a whole different planet. But let's not go there. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. So, um, yeah. I, I guess the experience the other night. Go on. I met John Lydon for yeah, the first time for the ever. first time. Yeah, well, not the first time. As I said to him when I met him, I got, I got invited back to, to his place, his hotel, because he... And just to say hello, and not personally, but just as someone, and um, quite strange. And I brought up the fact, I said, I said, I said, ah, oh, last time I met you, he went, whatever I did, whatever you say I did, I didn't do. He said that. <laughs> but he was nice, actually. And I, I, I had I know him on the show. We had a great yeah, chat. Did you? Because yeah. he's, he, yeah. Well, let's talk about that in a minute. But I said, look, you know, last time I saw you, you had a rut the cover of our first album in Virgin. I walked in behind you. You didn't know I was there, and you went bunch of faggots. <laughs> and he went, "Oh dear." Yeah. He went, <laughs> uh, but he was all Busted. right. Got on all right with him. But interesting to see when he gets on his persona, you know, his his uh, media persona. He says some crazy things. That's crazy like, things, just like the, just like just to annoy. I mean, yeah. but that's what he is. Yeah. But I got on right with him. I mean, I, I, we had some good conversations, you know. It wasn't and he's me, very no. considered and sensitive and thoughtful, I, I found, in my experience with him. And we sat down for an hour like this and we spoke about everything. And I just thought, wow, what a considerate, thoughtful guy. That he oh, obviously puts on that persona as a either a defense well, a bit, or an act. A bit, you say, a bit, a I mean, he's a very sensitive and, guy. I, I, you know, it, it, and it's, uh, we're not here to talk about him, obviously. But, but, um, I just said it was just strange the other night because it fits into everything we're talking about. Because he knows a lot of people 
that I know that are actually very good people. And uh, I was surprised at myself because people said, do you want to come? It was three, three o'clock in the morning at Rebellion. And I said, do you want to come back? He, you know, he's up for seeing some people with that, uh, and, and no a-holes, you know. So I suppose hopefully I fit into that category. And um, I was going, no, I don't want to meet him. Nah, you know, F him because who do you think? I was a bit like that because I was a bit drunk. And then when I got there, I actually thought, Christ, I'm actually sitting here with, you know, arguably the king of punk, you know, because whatever you say about him, he did write Anarchy in the UK, which was changed my life, you know, and and, and Ruffies in a way. So, um, it was interesting. I don't know why I went off on that. But I'm just saying, I don't know why he says those things, because some of the things he says on uh, on the major media, yeah, like morning breakfast TV the other day, I, I was just like, oh, God, really? Is he really pro-Brexit? Because it's, uh, you know, it's kind of crazy. But he did say, he said, uh, well, the working class have spoken, and I'm one of them. And I thought, well, you're not really, are you? Because you don't actually go to work, do you? I mean, you work hard, <laughs> but you... I think something like that is ingrained in your culture and your DNA, though. Definitely born into it. Me too. The characters that he surrounds himself with are still of that world. Do you know what I mean? He's talking about uh, yeah, yeah. because I've been in those rooms, you know, with those people with him as well. There was a a moment after a festival recently, the Camden Rocks Festival. Yeah, and the people that he surrounds himself with are of the streets. Definitely. Boxing type, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that's not meant to be nice. But I've got on all right with them guys as well, no problem, you know what I mean? Because I, I am for them, but that was a docker and everything like that, but yeah. I just I don't know where, whether I'd use that phrase of being working well, I'm working class where I haven't really had a. I mean, I, I do go and work sometimes when, when necessary, I go and do things, but. I've not had to go to a place of work, the same place of work for the last, you know, 30 years and just hoping to retire and then die, you know. Yeah. I'm, I'm very lucky, so... Uh, although I do st- think you can still comment, but um, but I think what what was mixed, m- missed with Brexit was, was really the working class have spoken, yes, but if you're going to have a referendum or a vote and it's a sham... Because, yeah. you know, it'd be like you saying, what record do you prefer? The Ramones? What should I play now? The Ramones? Or should I play Public Image? Two of my favourite records. And I'll say, okay, well, tonight let's play Public Image. I've voted. And then you play something by The Clash. It's just like, it's it's like, it's just bringing it down to that. They was, you know, when you go to, I was in Middlesbrough at the time and all that was going on, and they were being sold a lie. which is They were hoodwinked, yeah. They were well, hoodwinked, we all were. Which has come to, come to be proven, you know. And yeah. I just the media think, again, I just isn't don't it? think that should still be going on. No you know, way. You know, that kind of... We, I, I'm sitting there with Lydon talking about, you know, who would you vote for? Where well, he said, well, I, you know, no one. And I said, yeah. well, I'd vote for someone that would actually have the people of the, the good of the people at their heart. And I don't think any of them do. Because I think they have to become liars as part of the job. Do you think we can ever reach a position where people in political power actually do genuinely care about the people do you think that day will ever arrive i think even if no no i think even if they start they get even if they start they have say. to be corrupt well it's even further than that because it's it's not just corrupt and they become these evil people if you've ever tried to do a cause you start off with the cause even rock against racism is like you start off working within that cause 
And then to push your agenda through, you sometimes have to tell a poor Concessions. Guy. So, you know, you've already well. tainted, if you see what I mean. And I think uh, that's, that doesn't mean you shouldn't try, but, you know, it's, it's very difficult. So, uh, just the politics, very weird thing. I'm, uh, you know, music is better than politics. I said to John Lydon, yeah, meaning, did you ever think of running for Parliament? I said, did you ever? He went, no. He knew what question yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh, I wasn't even interviewing. We were just chatting. You yeah. know, but, uh, anyway, sort of. Uh, You're happy you for... met him though, yeah? I was, I was over the moon. Yeah. For, for, you know, over the moon. And then the next thing I saw, I saw that interview with, uh, what's his face? Uh, you know, Pierce uh, Morgan. Yeah. And yeah. I thought, well, you know, you could have been more bomb. eloquent there. But he is a spokesman and he does, he, you know, whatever. He does what he does. Can I ask you, obviously, you know, say a song like Babylon's Burning, that was a top five hit, right? Or top ten? Top, top seven, yeah. Top, top, seven. top ten, number seven. And to think of a song like that, obviously we don't have shows like Top of the Pops anymore, but to think of a song like that today being in the mainstream pop charts is almost unthinkable, which is kind yeah. of weird, isn't it? And worrying. Well, I, I liken it to um, Silver Machine by Hawkwind. You know, at, at the time... You could get records. I'm not saying that's politically. I know what you're, where you're going. Yeah, yeah. But let's just say there were great you can records, sneak them in. great records in the charts. You know, the Kinks, the you know, the Who, and stuff like that. Um, I don't think that's ever going to happen again. But 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 you know, we had that. Something I said was the next one. Third one was Jar War, and it didn't get banned. But um, we were, I think, we were on tour and it got played. I think Dave Lee Travis, um, the hairy monster, <laughs> more ways than one, um, it, it played played it. So we went, yeah, it's getting played on the radio, but we were quite naive. And then, and then from radio silence, because everyone found out, I think we, Malcolm did an interview and said it was about the Southall riots. And how are you going to get played on the radio even then doing that? So I, I can't see that. I got a daughter, my daughter's 17, so she listens to stuff. But of course, when, when I tell <laughs> I'll tell her what we were singing about. It's kind of crazy, you know. It's uh, Yeah, uh, uh, I suppose pop is short for popular, which popular means it's popular because people It reflects it whatever's popular in that time period. Yeah, so you you already raised two major factors. A, the chart, which doesn't really exist. Top of the Pops doesn't exist. Uh, and sales, which doesn't exist either. So, you know, it's not based on that anymore. So could it happen again? No, because like, Babylon's Burning sold like 230,000. Not that we've got any money for it, but <laughs> 230,000. And uh, we didn't even get a silver disc for that. And, uh, you know, because I think that was silver. Gold was 500, platinum was a million. Now I think platinum is something like uh, 100,000. 100,000 probably, is, you yeah. Know, it's just changing. And again, I'm up for the technology. Download stuff for nothing if you have to, but try and find the best quality so you can actually listen to what the hell, all the work everybody puts into making the records and big speakers in the studio. It's all going, in it? You know? It is. I've just sat up in a little studio. I mean, it's, not, it's nothing much. I mean, it's just a laptop and a couple of sort of cranky old speakers I had in, in a cupboard sometimes. So I've got speakers all over the house now again. Uh, but I could make a record in there probably or or take it to someone to make it into a record. It's just about the songs, isn't it? Yeah. Grime came along. It was called Grime. And God, when was that start? Like, 10, about years, 10 years 10 ago. Years ago. Say, yeah. And Dubby was doing a bit uh, with various things. And then, as you know, Dubstep, 
you get all these genres and then they go. Punk was the same. And then some of them come back as the umbrella genre. Mm-hmm. And so we've been through all this new beat and whatever you call it. And then Grimes come back as the sort of the umbrella, hasn't it? It's still, well, it's still Grime. And yeah, there was some good stuff, man. But, um, and I've heard some really good stuff. But yeah, the poppy stuff, I suppose, don't really, don't really cut it. I mean, you got, I remember, again, a while ago, Tiny Temper was doing, it was quite, uh, even Dizzy Rascal, it's quite exciting. But they quickly got assimilated, really, into, well, I hate to upset you boys if you listen to this, but I mean, it's, I've been there myself, get assimilated into being a pop star and how you're getting treated. So therefore, you can't talk about anything anymore. So you better stay, get, get back to your roots. And if you've got the power to try and change something, you can still make hit records as well. But on your albums, put a few messages and let's try and talk about unity and getting some stuff still going. We still want to do People Unite, which was the the Mystery and Roots' label that we put in a rut on the first record. And that still remains our message, People Unite, because it's very simple. Because you, you'd have to be quite... You have to be quite bad to be in the pub and go like, well, I don't want people to unite. <laughs> you know, it's a very simple It's a strange message. thing to stand against, isn't it? It's a strange thing to stand against. And I'm always going on about pub politics because people talk about pub, you know, in what well, they used to anyway, talk about politics in pubs and they don't know what to talk about at all because, you know. <laughs> I think when we're distracted as well and divided, that's obviously when it's easier to be sold bullshit like Brexit. And that's why yeah. the, the media and the government want to keep us divided and distracted, isn't it? Well, you know, if Brexit does go through and it went through all really great and I would be the first to say, well, I didn't really want it, but you know what? We're all better off. And, and you know, more importantly, the p- person in the street is better off. But you know that's not going to happen. <laughs> you just know that's... You know, I knew that was not going to happen. Whatever you vote for, and you've you got a great thing in this country, you, you know, you've you, you got an outdated voting system. And people... That's the only power people have got. So you give it to them. And it, it was a genius move on behalf of government, really. Okay, let's give, let's have a referendum. We never had one of those for before, for years. But they were, right, we've got something to say. And basically, if I said to you, you know, what do you think of that album? You say, great. And then I asked, you know, some bloke in the pub that obviously doesn't like that sort of music. He's going to say something because I've given him the opportunity to have a, a freedom of, I'm not interested in what he's got to say because he doesn't listen to that sort of music. So it's kind of referendum. Yeah, the vote for the people. But it's not because you've just been... So this is what's on offer. And actually what they've said is not on offer. So it's I'm pissed off with that, really, because I, I can't believe we fell for it. I know, man. I can't believe we fell for it because both Ruffy and I just thought, you know, and most of my friends are pro-unity and pro... He lived in Paris for a bit. It was the best thing I ever did, you know. It's like... Meet other cultures, whether you like them or not. It's just meet them. You can't say that this culture is this, or this culture, or this colour is this. You can't say it because it's just ridiculous because they're people, you know. So you're going to be sitting there, you know. We we came a long way in this country, and I, I, you know, with that unity thing. And I thought it was gonna, I thought it was a positive force, and everything was going to change. And unfortunately, it hasn't. It's, you know, and then that causes causes hatred, and there's going to be a new, there's going to be another you know, another country that takes the flak and it could be Somalia. Everybody's got something to say against somebody, haven't they? We're an island race, but it's like that the world over, really. 
So I'm not despairing. Maybe <laughs> it's darkest before the dawn, though. And maybe with Trump in power and Brexit happening, maybe finally that awakening will start to kick in again and people will actually go, whoa, hold on. Well, this is bad. We need to do things on drastic and, you know. Well, I think what John Lydon was Organised scale. Sending the clowns. <laughs> oh, they're already here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so it's kind of like that, really. So in a way... How, more, how much more ridiculous can it get? Uh, I don't know whether it's my age. I hope not. But just to, to, to look at politics, how it's gone, never really trusted them. But now it's just got kind of ridiculous. So I don't think the youth, whoever they are, really care about it. it, it it's beyond them, isn't it? I mean, you know, they, they've got everything they want, really. You know. it, it is interesting when people take to the streets and stuff like that. It's never been my thing. I've done a bit of it. But, uh, you know... It is good. There seems to be a lot of that happening at the moment. Well, that's good. It's going to be... It's, it's, it's... Did you see the numbers that protested the Trump visit? How many people? Yeah, turned? yeah which was impressive. He's like, I didn't feel welcome. No shit. Well, <laughs> the fact that he said I didn't feel welcome is, is, is a small victory. Yeah. Because actually for that, I mean, you know, he's Mr. Thumbs, and he? he just says what the first mm-hmm. thing that comes into his head. So yep. I'm glad that that actually got reported, yeah. that I actually said that. Yeah, it was... It was uh, we don't want you here. You know what I mean? <laughs> but he doesn't want us there either. So, yeah. You know, we're talking about, someone said, we, you know, there's this thing, punk rock bowling in... Um, Las Vegas. Yeah. I'd love uh, to get know, out of there. It's fun. But, you know, to get there now, it's, it's so, they just don't want anybody in that country, you know. What you, t- you mean in terms of trying to get the working visa? Yeah, and, trying to yeah. the working visa and everything. And, and it, used to, we used, it used to be difficult. But, but now uh, it's like near impossible, isn't it? Yeah. And financially, you know. it just doesn't make enough sense to even do it. Well, can't someone else be the singer? Isn't there an American guy that can sing, uh, sing the lyrics to music that's destroyed? Well, if he did, he'd probably get shot, wouldn't he? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Ah, we're not that militant, are we, really? I mean, we're, we're just doing what we, we... We were singing Babylon's Burning, Malcolm was, but, and I'm going to be singing it again now. And, uh, yeah, we're still, we're still a bit angry about it all. And, Anger's an energy. Well, Johnny said it. He's taken over this interview. <laughs> yes, isn't he? <laughs> but it is about, you know, I know he's, he provides a good link uh, from our past to our future, you know, as does this tour. Uh, we do that and we're right, We're starting to write new songs now. I've got loads of songs, actually, just trying to put them together. So the other end of this tour, we'll, we'll, we'll make another album. And where are you going to go next? What do you mean? Musically, because obviously you oh, did Rhythm know. Collision 2 and then you did Music Must Destroy. It won't, it, are yeah, you going to combine no, those be... two and go for the... It'll, well, the sweet spot I'd like in the to middle, put a reggae vibe on it, but but uh, keeping down that guitar, yeah. rock driven. I think it's going to be more like Music Must Destroy Part right. Two, well, I, but I don't know. See, Music Must Destroy again. It wasn't a concept. It was uh, those songs just came out, and we some of it from jamming. I, I write a lot of songs now on acoustic guitar, so but there's not much on there that, that's like that. But there were some bits, but you know. I'm really into songs now. Which I think before I was into bass lines. And sounds. So I'm going to go back to bass lines because <laughs> I really like a good bass line. And, um, but I do like chords, you know, so I've gone in the middle eight, which I don't think I used to bother about too much before. But, you know, yeah, there's different days with the ruts for you because we used to just get in there and Foxes used to come up with a riff or I'd come up with a riff and then he'd just put the second riff on and then Malcolm. It was so easy. But so I think it's gonna be yeah it'd be it'd be like that. Um, I don't want to. I don't want to. I think is I think things change all the time. So 
I'm going to write the songs. We're going to write the songs. I'm going to write my sort of songs. Other people are going to bring in what they've got, add to what I've got. We'll add to what they've got. And I don't want to, I don't mind recording it now, but I don't want to mix it until the time, until it's going to be released because the sound's changed. Yeah, the yeah. vibe changes, yeah. you know, the, the militancy of a mix changes, you know. I think that's very important. I don't want to have something that's, as they call it, in the can for like three years because... By the time in three years' time, there won't be any point in releasing anything anyway. There's hardly any music channels left <laughs> or, or anything. But I'm not bemoaning that. We just we'll just carry on because we have to, you know. And because it makes you happy and you love it still. I still love it, and and um, it's amazing as well because there's so few bands. I mean, well, actually, there's 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 a fair few bands of that era around and still doing it. And I think you should celebrate a record like that on a landmark birthday like that. Well, and that's good. It's good. You know? I just don't want to be. I don't want to be cheap, and I don't want to just be so obvious. But this is the only year we can do it, and um, it's been suggested before. And I sort of said, "Well, I'm not. A, you know, I'm not Malcolm, and I'm not doing this." But I think, yeah, this is the only year we can do it. So, do we do it or do we not do it? And I think people are quite excited about it. So, I've been proved wrong many times. I mean, <laughs> I, you know, I was proved wrong on that last album that I could even do it, you know, that just for me personally, be the, the singer and be the, the main lyricist. I, you know, that's, uh, I, I didn't really think I had that in me because, you know, I won't say it was beaten out of me, but poetry wasn't the, uh, the biggest word on my parents' lips, you know, why don't you be a poet? Yeah. But anyway, I've sort of become a reluctant poet, I suppose. As far as what, what comes next, I mean, if I can't, I mean, I, I, I can't help but wake up. I woke up at two o'clock this morning with a load of lyrics. If if that happens, then what are you going to do? You know, just so there's no point. Just go back to sleep. Well, you can't really. <laughs> so you've got to write it down, even if, if they even if they end up on a scrap of paper on the floor or on your phone. But the thing is, you you know, if, if you if you can make a bit more effort and put it into a great song and get a power of a band behind it, then isn't this what it's all about? Is that's why you're still interviewing people because. Because you give a fuck, you know what I mean, and and people out there actually do. There's some good good new bands about, and idols are good, you know what I mean. The, you know, Fat White Family are good. There's, there's some bands that are actually doing some new stuff, and I know they're kind of old hat now, the idols, but <laughs> but, uh, but 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 they're not. But I like I like their anger and their and their their point of view. You know, it's still sort of normal. So. Yeah, the idol's in the charts, so maybe we will have this. There's a band maybe. called The Blinders. Have you heard them? You no. should check them out. They're no. really good. Really good. Okay, but that's good. I want, you know, uh, I'd like to set up, well, I, I know some young people, luckily, who introduced me to these things or generally meet members of these bands along the way. The Slaves, for example, you know. Yeah. I mean, I, I had to, you know, he put in that Babylon's Burning was one of his, in his top 10, and so. That made me listen to the slave. I mean, I've, I had heard some of the stuff, and I thought, but Ruffy will ring me up and say, "Have you seen it? You know, send me a thing because it's important." And that goes for hip hop. It could be. He'll also send me a great. Oh, have you heard it? You know, Trent Muller, a bit old hat now, but like house stuff. But I mean, a, a track like that, or you know, back in the day, Nirvana, it smells like Teen Spirit. If, if one of us hears that, have you heard that? Like, God. Yes, so yeah, switched you know, on. Yeah, excited. because it's very, very important to keep it, and that can go for any genre. It doesn't matter. That can yeah, be, yeah. Like you heard this the prodigy, the streets. When you well, hear yeah, bands like that, all those really things that stuff. come along, and you thought, well, they're doing something new. 
And we, I don't say we're doing something new. I'm just saying we're doing something. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we are. Mate, um, that's great. Brilliant. Absolute pleasure to yeah. see you as always. Great. Thank you so much All for right. coming on the Keep show. Keep the faith, Matt. Love this. Always. Thank you. Brilliant. on a budget we still deserve nice things quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands they have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at 50 dollars, luxurious italian leather bags and so much more plus quince only works with factories that use safe ethical and responsible manufacturing get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with quince go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365 day returns Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.